0: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
1: Doing that, I was face-to-face with it. It was holding me by my throat it felt like
0: it was sucking something out of me. I
1: probably should have been more scared than I was when I witnessed the exorcism. I turned and looked on my right side. When I did, there's there's a beam Mm -hmm. on the side of the tree, a large beam. It's looking at me, and I'm looking at it.
2: After I hit the lock button and looked back up, I saw red eyes staring back at me
1: that they're going to show multiple gods all over the earth, be able to speak in people's languages. And at that point, it's kind of converge into this one entity, which will be revealed as extraterrestrial. You'll realize that aliens are the gods of old. And at that point, it'll wipe religion out of the context of humanity. No, it couldn't have been a person. I know that. I know that people can't run through the woods like that.
3: So this thing comes into view, and I see it. It's 50 yards away from me. It's walking. It's walking on two legs. It's huge. This is a big, hairy-looking being. 30th I'll be supporting the show at this year's Michigan Bigfoot conference in Chelsea, Michigan and then on September 10th down at DeWadjack, Michigan southwest corner of Michigan I will be hosting Bigfoot and Brews that's going to be an all day event tickets are on sale now head over to BigfootandBrews.com pick up your tickets if you want to be a vendor at the show there's a tab there for vendors as well, sign up purchase your vendor's ticket if you want to help support the show you can also do that in the tickets as well so tonight's guest comes to us by way of last month's town hall meeting in West Branch Michigan he was one of the one of the four courageous gentlemen that got up in front of the crowd and told their their experiences so ladies and gentlemen if you would please give a warm uncomfortable welcome to Mr. Shane Petrie. Shane, welcome to Uncomfortable. How you doing? Doing well. How are you, sir? Doing excellent. Doing excellent. Shane, when when I was up there hosting mm-hmm. that, uh, that town hall, I actually turned on my uh, recording equipment, which was kind of outside the backside of that room. And I did it for selfish reasons. One, I wanted to be able to go back and listen to myself and see how just a big an idiot I made myself up there. <laughs> that was right. my first time hosting any kind of uh, segment like that. And I was, uh, I was particularly happy with the way my microphones picked everything up. It actually recorded everything very well. And uh, so I contacted the, the people that put that on, and I yep. asked if I could have the permission to, to air that as a show and mm-hmm. uh they were all for it but they wanted me to reach out to each of the four individuals that got up and and spoke and get yeah. their approval first which made a lot of sense unfortunately i've only been able to get a hold of two of you so yeah. you're you're the second one if you happen to know anybody that might know the other two gentlemen if you can by way uh, of any means try to get me in touch with them i would appreciate it
1: but others- other than Phil uh, Shaw, I have his email and I'm in contact with him off and on mm-hmm. about some recent activity uh, in in our area. But uh, I, I I did not know them personally. No,
3: and uh, unfortunately on the on the recording, um, they did not. The other two did not give enough information. Uh, right. Phil Shaw actually got me your information, and right. I reached yep. out to you. We've been trying to put this, put this together for a couple of couple of weeks but we finally got to it and uh yep. just uh two weeks ago i had uh the first gentleman don
1: yeah yep. from Hale. that's uh setting he had uh oh mm-hmm. uh, yep. i yep. remember the, that
3: the one with the big silhouette uh yep. that got up yep. and moved <laughs> so yeah yeah well shane let let's start uh let's start off tell us about uh tell us about what you ran into
1: well, it was uh, April 23rd. Uh, we were on uh, Turner Road, which is um, in between. It'd be 65 and 23. Turner Road runs about a six-mile stretch there. Um, it's heavily wooded, very populated with deer, wildlife. It's not an uncommon thing. Um, and uh, we were down by the river. My mom actually lives on, on the All Gray River. She butts up uh, with 80 acres uh, that has been in our family for close to 60 years, and uh, me, my son, and one of his friends were down by the river there, and uh, we decided to have a, a bonfire that night. We uh, dug a small pit down by the river. Um, this is actually the first time we've really done this uh we had to clear off a little area and it's 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 a lot of grass so my mom was worried about you know burning the hay field but at any rate we we did it anyways and uh they decided to go down by the river and and play around by the bank a little bit and uh after i got the fire going and i had it contained i wasn't too worried set up the chairs i i stood up and i walked over to the bank and uh mind you the bank drops uh, that's probably about four foot down to like what I would call almost like a sandbar. And then it drops down into the river, like another three foot. So it's about a seven foot drop. And I was, so I was standing, I don't know, I'm six foot two. So I was, I was up. And I, I seen this, what I looked like about a six inch human footprint. And so, you know, I said, said to my son, my son's name is Caden. And I said, Caden, and then I, I won't use his friend's name, but uh, I said, Hey, are you guys barefoot? You know, it's like 40 degrees out here. And, and they're like, what? They both looked at me oddly. And I said, what is that? And, uh, my son, he's at, over the years, he's kind of followed along in my, in my steps too, as far as like having interest in, in Bigfoot and various things like that. And, and we looked at it and we could not figure out what it was. So I got a closer look and, uh, and I, I actually have pictures that I shared at the town hall meeting. Um, you can see clearly the, six inch, almost humanoid print. It was, it was nothing I've seen before. It was small. So if it was along the lines of of a Bigfoot or a Sasquatch, it would have to be what I would consider a juvenile. Right. What was was odd was it was the steps was coming up out of the river. And so there was one step that it landed on the bank. And then the next step you could see where it kind of took a step and then slid down into the river again with its left foot and then disappeared. So whatever it was, stepped up onto the bank for a split second and then stepped back down into the river. And, uh, and mind you at this time, this April 23rd, I, I think it was, it was just a little over 40, maybe 42, 43 degrees. It, it was not cold or warm enough to be uh, barefoot yeah. down by the river. Now, now so, You
3: said it's, it, it appeared like it slid back into the river. Are you talking like yep. it lost its footing and, and, and slid yeah, in like yeah. the mud or the, the loose dirt?
1: Absolutely. And the next step, it it returned back in the river. And so I was thinking that, well, whatever it was, was traversing long waterways, which I've, you know, I've heard or I've done some research on it that they're smart enough in order to to be undetected that they'll, they'll, you know, go down rivers and creeks and, and stay undetected that way. And uh, the Algray river is probably only about two and a half foot at the deepest uh, year round. It's not real deep. Okay. it was just something unique. So I took some pictures, you know, I, um, we've, we've had some other odd things around there. Um, uh, as a kid growing up, um, uh, it was about, uh, eight years before that, uh, I was up visiting my parents and my mom and dad were getting ready to go to bed. And, uh, it's very dark there. It's, 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 it can be kind of creepy to be honest with you, but I was going out to my car. I was going to meet a friend for a short time. And, uh, when I stepped out in the yard, something across the road screamed and it was a blood-curdling scream. Almost, it was enough that I ran back inside the house into my mom and dad's room and my dad was like, oh, it's just a lynx. he said. it's just a lynx. Curly, I said, no, this is no lynx, dad. So, um, you know, there's been just various odd things like that that have happened in this property, but... Uh, you know, and I've, I've done a lot of research with obviously like the, um, uh, this Nevada sounds, mm-hmm. it wasn't a whoop. It wasn't a, uh, anything of this nature, but it was like a, a scream, like whatever it was was close and knew that I was walking out into the yard and screamed at me. And I, you know, i I've, I've been up there most, most of my life. My grandparents grew up there, you know, were there before my dad and it, I'm, nothing i wasn't afraid of anything like this until this point then i turned and hightailed it back inside i i've never been so scared in my life let's
3: let's, uh, let's kind of break down the uh the scream that you heard what were the the attributes it was, of it what was i mean you said not necessarily like the sierra sounds or anything
2: no no
1: because i i could replay those and i you know i i know what those are the, the whoops and the this this was a legitimate scream. And, and I couldn't even, like I said, I couldn't even do it if I tried and it was so loud and so piercing and it echoed through the barnyard. Cause we have a, a big barn there. It echoed through the barnyard back by where my car was parked that I just, I turned and ran back inside and I did not go back out to my car. I decided I called my friend and said, I'm not coming over. I don't know what that was. And he's like, Oh dude, you're crazy. I said, no, no, and uh, I haven't heard nothing like that since. Now, you know, my uncle lives across the street. He owns that 80 across the road over there, and <clears throat> I would assume it was in that direction um, if I had to redo it across Turner Road and back in the woods there. Um, but uh, I, I wish I could compare it to something, but for me to turn and beat foot back in the house like, like I did – and, and literally run back into my mom, dad's room and say, and this was, I was, uh, I was in my early thirties at this time. So
3: now you, you say you've, you've done a, you know, like, like I do a lot of, a lot of your uh, investigation or your, your delving into this topic is, Mm -hmm. uh, is done on YouTube like many of us do. And, you know, have you, have you ever come across a, uh, a video or or anything that would represent uh, a fairly accurate description of of what you yep. heard
1: recently. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm part of like about every single Bigfoot, um, you know, club on Facebook, and and there was a, I believe it was in Idaho, and a guy had taped something that he was out in his backyard, and it it was a, it was a scream, and when I heard that that's exactly what I, it was almost identical. It was, it was like a, just a, ah, just a, I can't even like, I mean, it was enough. Like I said, I turned and ran back inside and, um, that was about as close as I've ever c- came to it, but what he had. And like I said, I believe it was a guy from Idaho and, uh, I should have reached out to him because I could probably could have had a good conversation about it. But,
3: uh, um, now, now just never, now, just obviously, you're not a Bigfoot or or whatever it was that made that noise, uh, that that scream. But that's yeah. that simulation that you just did sounded remarkably similar to something that I've heard in a couple of TikTok videos, and I've talked okay. about this in other shows. There's there's a guy out of Russia who mm-hmm. has been uh, putting out TikTok videos, and, and you know it's cold, you can see his breath he's he's out at some uh really wicked old barn uh, that right. that's on somebody's property and and he's got several of these videos. You never see whatever it is that's making this noise, but it's something inside the barn in the darkened corners of of this thing. Um, yeah many times there's you know uh, items being thrown across the barn thrown at the doorway. He's speaking mm-hmm. to it in Russian. But when it it yells, there's a a very odd, ay, 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 type scream yeah, that comes you, out of this. And you you
1: the, just gave me the chills because I, I mean it it was a it was a scream. It was like I said, it wasn't a whoop. It wasn't, you know. And and my dad explained it as a, a lynx. And I've done research. I you know YouTube that too. Like sound. What does a lynx sound like? And it was nothing like that.
3: You know. So, and it, and it's odd because. I had uh, another gentleman who's uh, uh, listens to my show all the time. He's from mm-hmm. Mus- Muskegon, Michigan. And uh, we had done a show together about yeah. some uh, some ghostly type stuff that he had going on in his yeah. younger years. And uh, shortly after that, he sent me a um he sent me a message and said, "Watch this video because he and his he and his wife or or fiance at the time they were getting they were just getting home they were walking from uh, the driveway I think it was like wooded on one side of it they were going up to the front porch and something screamed at him from inside the inside the wood line and he sent me this Russian TikTok video and he's like you know I know this sounds like complete horseshit but this <laughs> this noise is what screamed at us. And, yeah. you know, each time I've seen these videos, I've just laughed them off. It's, you know, somebody's in the corner of the barn and not, you know, they're just doing it for fun. And right. it's like I've, now there's been several people that I've talked to who have indicated that that noise that's coming out of that barn is very, very similar to the screams that they're hearing out in the woods.
1: Yeah, I, that's, uh, you know, and that's been enough for me over the into my car and getting back inside quick as possible. Cause it, it was something that uh, definitely left a mark on my life. I was like, what in the world was that? And uh, I've never heard it again ever since. But uh, you know, um, I also have my dad passed away suddenly about five years ago and, and we used to get some good chats, but he, he lived there uh, his whole life and then taught school in pink hunting. And then when he retired, he moved back there. Um, but him and a, a friend of his were back in the back eighty, and the very back forty of it is um, mainly pine, very thick, thick pine. And this is my other story I have. Uh, but he he had called me the next day, and he he was one. He's been outside his whole life, and so he didn't get shaken easily with anything. You know, what I mean, he was one of those guys that would walk out deer hunting five thirty six a.m., pitch black, no worries. But he called me he says, hey. You know, and this was probably that was about eight years ago. Probably he's been gone five now, but he called me and he said, "You're going to get a kick out of this." And I said, "What?" He said, "Me and Clyde, and that's that's an uh, Indian friend of his that he's had for a lot of years, and they, they grew up together." He said, uh, "I was out in the woods, and Clyde went with us, and we were we were it was getting dusk, and they were back there by the pine, you know, and like I said, this this back forty is almost." Real, almost so thick you can't see 10, 15 feet in front of you. Mm-hmm. It's that uh, old jack pine. Yes. It's full. And uh, he said, back deep in the shadows, he said, we had something grunting at us. And it, he said, at first I thought it was a, a wounded deer. You know, he's, he's, he's heard deer and other animals that were wounded, like mortally wounded, and we're, were like warning you not to come close, you know. And so he says, but this freaked me and Clyde out enough that we had to go up and get guns. They went up to get shotguns because they didn't know what it was. They couldn't see it, but every time they got closer, this thing would grunt. And I said, well, what did it sound like? He said it, it sounded just like a, a you know, and, and he said at first he thought, okay, dear. But then he says he got closer. It was a much deep guttural grunt and, uh, you know, and enough for him and, and his, his friend to have to go get shotguns. And uh, when they came back, uh, they got near to the area where it was and it was gone okay. and he said, we still don't To the day. And this is on the same property. He still don't know what that was. You know, he, of course he's, he would play around with the idea that Bigfoot was out there, but he was never really as serious about it as, as I was as far as research and everything. But, mm-hmm. uh, he still didn't know what that was to the day. And that's all been on that same 80 acres there. Um, you know, well, actually 160. Cause like I said, my, my uncle owns 80 across the street. And uh, my dad, owned, my mom, and dad owned the eighty on their side. So you know, there's been some various different things that have been kind of unexplainable.
3: Have you ever um, checked? Uh, have you ever checked BFRO or any of the other uh, data collection I, you know, agencies as far as other uh, other sightings I, in that area?
1: I have not. Uh, Phil told me that um, not too far in the, in the National City area, just north of us, there is what's called. Um, the National Gypsum Swamp, and so it's like 6,000 acres of uh, basically state land, and it's very swampy. Uh, you get some huge deer that go back in there because people, it's, it's almost impassable. Mm-hmm. But there has been some sightings and some odd things up there, I guess, is what he was telling me. Um, <gasps> I need to get more into it, I guess. You know, you just kind of write it off. You, these things happen, and then uh, until you get involved in, in podcasts like this or going to a town, I think, well, hey, you know that could have been very well, could have been something,
3: so yeah. You know, I, I find that I find that very fairly often. Um, that yeah. there, there's a and I guess it's just human nature, you have something happen that that doesn't register as being something you recognize, or you don't it, mm-hmm. it seems a little off, but human nature is to just kind of dispel it and not pay that much attention to it and as long as it's not something that's persistent or continues to happen you kind of right. you know just kind of put it out of your mind and you don't put a whole lot of credence into it and uh to be honest with you you know i had experience um years ago while i was out hunting um mm-hmm. and, and i was in a in a very um populated area i mean this was this was basically uh a neighborhood that had uh houses that were on uh acre plots of land that stretched back maybe 2 acres and uh it butted up against a um a farm you mm-hmm. know a, cor- a cornfield mm-hmm. and uh so I had permission to hunt this property and um you know I basically ended up getting paced back to my uh my hunting stand and then, again, as I was walking out, something followed me for about 120 of the 150 yards back to my car. Christ. And, you know, it was, you know, I had a flashlight. I was, I was shining my light into the, into the wood line. I could hear it walking. Um, fully expected to see a deer. Um, yeah. And there was nothing there. But I could hear it moving. And, you know, this, like I said, I've been into Bigfoot and UFOs and and other kinds of, you know, hauntings and stuff like that pretty much my whole life. But at that point, that was, even though Bigfoot was on my radar, it was not, it was never a a thought that I had. You know, at the time that it happened, I was not thinking, oh, God, that could be a Bigfoot. Wasn't entering my mind. It was like, you know, (laughs) Had have been think, had have been a deer, right?
1: Yeah, right. And that's I, I think, like you had mentioned, that's, uh that's something that happens, you know, often to people. And yeah, like I said, yeah. if I would have uh, at that time after that scream, you know, I I, I believe I, I had my cell phone. We were, it, that was still the cell phone era. That was only uh, ten, twelve years ago. But when it screamed at me. You know, that's the last thing I was thinking about. You know, and I always tell my son; he, he he brings it up. He's like, "Yeah, what would you do if one ran across?" You know, I said, "Well, that's why I carry my cell phone. I'd get out, you know, chase and get some pictures." Of course, when one <laughs> or something screams at me, what do I do? I run inside like a, you know, a ten-year-old kid yeah. uh, into my mom and dad's bedroom and saying, "Jeez, oh man, what was that?" You know, so I don't know exactly what I'd do uh, to be honest with you, but. Uh, yeah, you do. You just don't. You don't prepare yourself for that, or you don't think about it at that current time. You know. Well, so. you know,
3: I've I've talked to other uh, other people. Now, you you kind of indicated that you were a bit of a like a weekend warrior as far as uh, investigating or looking yeah. for looking for sign of them, and uh, yeah. and I've spoke with uh, some other gentlemen. You know, uh, mm-hmm. some from the east side of of Michigan who or might be a might be a step higher uh as far as the amount of effort that they were putting in behind investigating this stuff and uh he was fairly well seasoned he he was doing this on a regular basis and uh he and another another guy had gone out uh, to a piece of property and he basically told me that you know they they were confronted by uh two or three of these things yeah. uh, to within, you know, they were maybe 35, 30, 35 feet away from them. Uh, right. Picked them up on, um, I can't remember if it was FLIR or night vision. Okay. <laughs> and within the blink of an eye, they had uh, adjusted, their, uh, adjusted their positioning and mm-hmm. were, were within, feet of them now this guy had every everything you could possibly want as far as you know night vision recording abilities uh cell phone camera uh and you know after this experience he had called me and we talked about it and he was uh um he was disappointed in himself um you know, he's like, how the hell am I going to call myself a legitimate investigator when I didn't even have the uh, the, the ability to, to raise my camera and take a picture of this thing that was feet in front of me? He's like, it was that, it was. It scared me that bad. Um,
1: you, hear, you hear that story uh, through and through. I, I don't know how many different times, you know, someone will say, hey, you know, I, this thing was, was 10, 15 feet in front of me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you hear about guys that are hunting and, and, or whatever, and they just kind of freeze, you know, they don't know what they see or, or what it is. And, and they, you know, all this, these years of research and things that they, they tell themselves they do if this situation came up and then they just freeze and I can see where that would happen.
3: Yeah. Very well, the, the gentleman I had in my episode two and three, I just released it a couple of weeks ago. It was uh, called opening day. Um, mm-hmm. Down here in Southwest Michigan, he uh, he literally had been getting a phone call from there was a there was a group of four of them, uh, his dad, yeah. his brother in law, and another gentleman, and uh, he had gotten a call from his dad, and then as this creature was making its way through the the swamp area, uh, then the then the brother in law called him, and he said, you know, we were, it's- I basically had my phone in my hand. When, yeah. the, when this thing walked out in front of me, uh, you know, maybe 50, maybe 50 yards away. And he's like, the, my phone was literally in my hand and I never, never thought once to just wipe over to the yeah. side and, and take a picture. He's like, it never even, never even entered my mind for this thing from yeah. my mind.
1: That's, uh, that's an interesting point though. Cause like I said, that story, that whole situation, um, and I, I, like I was telling you earlier, uh, before we started the show, I've, I've seen almost every single docuseries, documentary, um, spoof movies, you know, right. exist. I've seen, I've seen them all. And, uh, that's
3: a great movie, you know, by the way, I gotta say, I know uh, exists yeah. as a, is a fantastic movie. Yeah
1: it's it's uh i've i've turned down a lot of people where they're like well you're just crazy i don't know if i'm ever gonna go in the woods again (laughs) (laughs) i get them to watch that yeah because there is a a certain fear you know and even the even the light at heart that don't believe in it you know they're they're talking at the end of the movie shoot it shoot it you know (laughs) so yeah that's a great movie but um yeah it, it happens people just see i think it i don't know if it's the you know a spiritual thing or what it is, but it, you literally just freeze. I think a lot of times when situations come up, you don't even think about the you know possibilities of getting video or, or things. Especially
2: when so. you got an eight
3: foot monster. Right
1: yeah, front of you. <laughs> you got an eight foot monster right in front of you.
3: Let's, uh, if you don't mind, let's double back to your first story about the uh, finding the print. Um, okay. Now you indicated that your son Caden actually, actually found the print, right?
1: Yeah. Yep. I seen it. And then I pointed out to him and uh, I said, what was that? And so he was originally the one that took the first picture from his phone.
3: Did you, did you want to bring him in? Would would he like to talk about it at all?
1: Yep. Yep. You're going to speak up. This is
3: my son, Caden. Caden, welcome to uncomfortable. Go ahead and tell me uh, uh, about what you thought when you saw this print in the, in the ground there.
2: Well, my first thought was obviously, oh, that's a Bigfoot track. Obviously, I didn't know what else it was because why would somebody be barefoot down by a river when it's like forty degrees and cold?
3: And and how did you feel about it? Were you, I mean, were you were you excited or did it kind of put a scare I, into you? Or
2: I was, was kind of spooked, but then as I looked at it more, kind of got excited because not that many people get to see stuff like that.
3: That's very true. Now, what no now what were you guys doing in that area to begin with? Were you camping there or just having a fire and me and my friend were
2: messing around down by the river.
3: So you were just there for the day and and messing yeah. around, huh?
1: Yeah, the, the prop our property actually butts right up to the river. So oh, the, the yeah, so the, the River splits our property and the neighbor's property, so
3: yeah. So how how far how far from where you were having a fire and you guys were doing your 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 family thing? How far f- from that was this print? Would you say?
2: Yeah,
1: about fifty, fifteen feet down on the riverbank. Yeah. yeah.
3: Now you know that uh, somehow I knew you were going to say that, and isn't that interesting? Because so many times uh, we hear in in these um, people's accounts that they were just out doing their own thing. They weren't yeah. they weren't out looking for Bigfoot or anything. They were just out enjoying doing their their day-to-day thing, enjoying time with their family. And and then you find something that is so close. It's almost like it wouldn't surprise me that, you know, this yeah. thing had become interested in what you guys were doing. Obviously probably heard that there were other children in the area having fun. And and, go ahead.
2: Another thing that was weird is it, it was right next to the road. So like, why would, why would, if it was Bigfoot, why was it right close to the road? You know, if your car goes past, Oh, there's Bigfoot standing right there. Like, why would it be? the road?
3: I agree with that, but you know, and your dad can probably attest to this too from, from looking into it as much, there are a ton of roadside sightings. Oh, yeah. uh, everybody everybody and their brother uh reports either seeing it crossing the road or being on the shoulder of the road as they're going by. So, yep. yeah, it makes it it makes for weird bedfellows. I, I don't know why they do that, but it's it's been talked about enough where it it does seem to be a fairly common uh aspect of these things.
1: Yeah. Um yeah, and it's uh the the bridge actually was uh uh, I was about probably 20 yards further down the river right there where the road crosses the bridge. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah, and so 15.
1: 15 yards, it was close. Oh, it was close. So the, potentially what I'm getting at there is if it, if it traversed the waterways, like I, I'm a firm believer they do yeah. in order to not be detected. It they, they easily could have slipped under the bridge as a car went by You know, you wouldn't even know. Um, that's, in, in my in my opinion that kind of scares him it says he says but in my opinion you know that's they, they could dive under there uh i think they're highly intelligent you know i, I, I
3: agree um throughout the years of of my mm-hmm. you know delving into youtube videos and and podcasts and and reading accounts and you know yeah there's the there's the one-offs every so often where where they produce an aggressive behavior towards people um but for the most part they seem to be pretty benign and i think i I think here's here's a problem with with humans i think we have this ability to put human traits on on animals you know like I do it to my dog, (laughs) you know, you come home, you talk to your dog. Hey, how are you doing? You know, what what have you been doing all day? You know, silly stuff like that. So you're and and it becomes a habit. So, you know, I come home I talk to my dog every day, you know, and when you stop and you think about what you're doing, it's like, that's ridiculous. Why why am I doing that? Um, Right. But I I think the term is anthropomorphizing um, where you, you, you tend to attribute human traits to, to an animal. And right. because these things walk on two legs and they have a humanish silhouette, you know, they're, they're anatomically, they look more like us than anything else. Uh, yep. Sometimes I think maybe we run the risk of placing human traits on them when they don't necessarily need to be. But then right. you hear about the types of behavior And the things that they do. And then that, that brings me back around to these things are very intelligent. And then they are, I think they're closer Mm -hmm. to us than what we might realize. The thing that surprises me, the thing that surprises me that throughout all the years that I've been delving into this is the lack of accounts that you hear about that have any type of tool usage or the usage of fire, I would think that if they were as closely related to us as I think or maybe hope that they are, Mm -hmm. that somewhere there would be some reports of these things being witnessed using tools, however rudimentary they might be, uh, but also using fire. Correct. It, It would make sense, wouldn't it? And that's oh, not, well, I mean, and that's not something yeah. you hear of very often. No,
1: no. And you don't, um, if it ever, no, no. I mean, the closest thing I would say that they, as far as tools would be, um, you know, you get a lot of, uh, markers. Um, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. The wood knocks.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Tree marks and, uh, and, uh, not tree marks, but you know, as far as like building wayward pass. I think uh, they, they, they mark certain areas that, you know, mm-hmm. that they travel traverse and, and, uh, that's about as close as you get as far as that as stories. We, we did have a situation, not a situation, but a, a, a tree, two trees that were leaned up perfectly together in an X. And I do have a picture of that too, on our neighbor's property across the river, uh, that we found kind of interesting. That was just down they from where the, the yeah, right down from where the footprint what footprint was, so, um, you know, just something that there is no way these trees fell
2: and, yeah. and Actually, both of them leaned
1: against each other that perfectly in an X. Uh, so, yeah, we got a picture of that, too. That's interesting.
3: Um, I mean, Xs yeah. are something that you hear about uh, a lot. on a real regular basis. If you don't yep. mind, uh, when we get done recording, if you would, uh, if you would like to share those, those photographs that you have of the print and the X. Um, I, please send sure those, was. send those to me and I'll, uh, I'll post those when we, when we are in the show.
1: Yeah. And I have, I have, uh, one more thing when we left, after we left that, uh, town hall meeting in West branch, um, oh. I believe somebody was talking about baiting or, or setting out apples. And then, uh, my son happened, here's something about garlic. So <laughs> the first thing, the first thing he wanted to do was we find some garlic and I thought it was crazy, but I'm like, all right, well, we'll do it. So we, we took some garlic back um, by the, the pine part of the uh, property, I was telling you, that's really thick. And,
0: and
1: and we, yeah, it was not too far from where my dad uh, heard that grunt, actually, because he had pointed out to me at a later time where it was. So we placed a couple of cloves of garlic up in a tree. How high was it, Kate? Maybe like five feet off. Oh, five, five foot off the ground, up in a couple, you know, pine trees, we wedged them in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I went back to Bay City here because I live in Bay City, Michigan, actually. And he stays up there uh, with my mom and his ex, my ex-wife. But I told him, I said, you know, go back there and check that. And he had went back and checked it a couple of different times. There was nothing. There was nothing. And then uh, I'll let you tell him the rest. I'll let him tell you the rest of the story. He went back and checked it. How long ago was it?
2: Maybe like three, four weeks ago, after, right after I we set it
1: off. Yeah, it's about three or four weeks afterwards. But go ahead, kid. No, not
2: like that, but like I eat a week after. And when I, me and my friend went back there on their dirt bikes, all the garlic—you know how the garlic has like the extra skin on the outside? Yeah. That was all ripped off, and the garlic was gone.
1: And that that kind of freaked him out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was it was literally whatever it was peeled the garlic and then took the garlic itself and the peels and I I asked him if he had got pictures he's like no Dad I didn't get pictures I didn't of... have my phone
2: on me yeah so one of those
1: situations but it, the the garlic was actually peeled apart and uh, taken from the tree about a week later
3: yes very you know not to take anything away from that that uh, that experience but you know the the thing with baiting is if you put any type of food item out in in the wilderness um, mm-hmm. and and don't you know, put some kind of a trail cam or, or something to to witness what it was that actually took it. You know, you do kind right. of run the risk of it being just a, you know, whether it's a raccoon or a squirrel or a magpie or, you know.
1: Yeah. You know. yep. Yeah, that's what uh, I said too. It could be a raccoon. Raccoons are known to do crazy things, but it was just interesting to say the least because we don't, my uncle has some trail cams uh, across the road that he uses and he's never had anything. He's had some. Um, some bobcats and some various things that are, you know, strange to see, but nothing odd has ever showed up. So,
3: but the interesting thing is, and I think I talked about this at the town hall was, uh, a previous guest I had, I believe he was from lower Jackson County, uh, RD Anderson. Um, he, he suggested that he had uh in uh, in upwards of i think he said uh twelve individuals twelve subjects that lived on his property over the last wow. thirty years and yep. um uh, so there's a, his property meets the headwaters of i think maybe it's the kalamazoo river, if I'm remembering right but on yep. the on the opposite shore of yeah. of the stream they would have um he would go out and he would take his uh, his lawn tractor and he would cut down the um, the overgrown grass along the yeah. edges of the river. Well, when he would do that, all the wild garlic would be sprouting. Right. And when he would do that and get done, he would notice in the next day or so that all that garlic, the wild garlic that had been cut down, had been gathered up and taken away. Huh. Yeah. And so, you know, this is like the third or fourth time now that I've heard something about garlic. Right. You know, and and, and I mean, it's just, it's odd. I mean, it could be coincidental
1: for sure, but... Um, yeah, that's, that's what I was saying with that. You never, you never know that. Um, when I, I, need to probably take a little more of a serious look at it. You know I mean? Start, if I was going to start doing this, you know, the, the investing in a trail cam, but you, you hear, you know, those things always go away wire when if when, and if anything comes in, they've, they've been known to be ripped off the trees, you know, and,
2: no,
1: in various situations that uh, you hear a lot of that. So, you know.
3: Yeah, um, and there's there's so many theories, you know whether whether or not they can actually see light from the infrared sensors, yep, um, yep. whether or not they can smell the plastic, uh, yeah. whether they can hear the internal components when when they kick on to take a picture, you know, I mean they're all all valid, you know, yeah. thoughts. Yeah, interesting. Uh, the one thing i i will i will mention, you know, if you're if you're looking to to take a serious look at it, um, a gentleman by the name of Robert Kreider down in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you know of him or not, but I believe, if I'm correct, he is in the process of producing um, trail cams that will not have IR light. Okay. In order to function. Now I don't know right. if I don't know if he is selling those yet or if they're still in uh in the process of, of being developed. Um, right. He is uh his bionic ear his uh um has actually been used in the latest season of Expedition Bigfoot. Um oh. he had he had uh Russ Accord come down to this place down in New Mexico to pick it up um yeah. months ago. And mm-hmm. actually it's it's made an appearance in the show a couple of times. So.
2: Yeah, I
3: got yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I watched
1: that show too. Yeah. And uh it's Sunday Discovery Plus. They got a new docuseries, documentary with um Jay from Jay and Simon Bob.
3: Yeah, and and, uh, and Jack Osbourne, yeah, from the Osbournes. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, you seen that? Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's yeah, I, think on it, Sunday night.
3: I think it comes out uh, this Sunday, right?
1: That's correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's one I have not seen that one yet. So I, I'm I, I'm constantly diving into those things,
3: you know. And another one but, that I've just been watching uh, recently is uh, it's it's produced by the group called Small Town Monsters. They do yeah. uh, they do a ton of different documentaries, whether it's on UFOs or the Minerva monster and all kinds of stuff. Um, They've actually got a new segment that's coming out. It seems like it's coming out at one every couple of months. Uh, It's called the Bigfoot project. And one of, one of the, uh, one of the crew from small town monsters actually purchased some property in the area of Minerva where the Minerva monster happened yep, 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 yep. and uh, they have several acres out there and they've been going out to, um, there's a secondary cabin out there. So several of these guys have been going out there and, and they've been yeah. getting some really interesting results. Uh, the most recent episode aired, uh, three days ago, I think. And they that- had Cliff Barackman out there, which seemed to be movie? for, uh, Two weeks or uh, two two days out of the weekend, and it's uh, mm-hmm. some interesting stuff. You know, I mean, obviously, there's no video of of anything right. walking around or anything, but you know, all yeah. these all these shows, you know, there's some production value to them, so yeah. you you got to take that into consideration. But you know, I I still go back and I watch uh, Finding Bigfoot, um, yep. even though they're yep. they're overly produced and you know they're not always not always catching something or or finding any good evidence but you know i think it's still i think it still shows a a good cross section of if if that's what you want to do th- those are some really good tips on how to go about doing it
1: right yeah and that's and that's mainly uh, that was my two you know reasons uh or one of my main reasons i'm sorry is that i watched those it's just just to get you know, to see to see what everybody else in the field, and even though, like I said, I'm just a part timer, I enjoy it. I find it fascinating uh, just to see what they are doing. You know, what I mean, to get uh, to get these things to to come in. You know, yeah. or lack of better terminology, but um,
3: back to the the footprint. I, I, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, I, I just keep uh, no. coming up with questions about this. Did did it ever cross your mind to to possibly go back and and cast it?
1: Um, Phil had asked me that same thing. I just there again, I didn't have, we don't, you know, it's not something I just have laying around sure, and I've yeah. never done it. I've never done it. I've, I've watched people do it, you know, on, on these shows. Uh, but I, you know, unless you YouTube something, I imagine that you probably could YouTube it. You know, there's gotta be a science to it. You want to get it right. And so, uh, no, I never thought about it. And actually we haven't been back there since, have we? What? Have have been back there to look and see if there's seeing- any, on the
2: riverbank.
1: Mm. No, we haven't been back there since. We should take go back take a look because you know, but uh, actually made,
2: made me it down wasn't down. A,
1: it wasn't a deep deep impression though, but it, it was
2: trying to keep its feet like
1: yeah it was a it was a step feet. and then a step on the on the uh, the the sand and then it slid down back really into the river. Like
0: this,
3: so as far as know. as far as describing the print itself, um, mm-hmm. did it. Did it appear to have, uh, did it appear to narrow at the, what would be the arch? And did it have a narrow heel or did it seem to be uh, a a bit wider?
1: I would have to, yeah, it narrowed, but I would have to go back and take another look at it. Like I said, I have it in my phone. Um, You can definitely see. That it, it, you know, it's a human-like footprint, and what and what I would consider, and I've done enough research on this, the, the metatarsal break, you can see where there's, um, and I don't know if I said that right, but you can see where there is like a missing part of the footprint, really? you know, where that, that bend. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely, you can see it. When I showed everybody at that, you know, at that uh, town hall meeting, there was quite a few people who were fascinated, yeah, and I actually had a couple people ap- approach me and they say, "Look, you know, I I, I know that you're just." here just kind of getting information. But if you would ever like someone to come out and do an investigation, you know, I've had some people reach out to me, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I I would have to clear that with my mom, but you know, it very well could be some activity there. I I don't know. Just stuff that we've just over the years kind of just kind of blew off, I guess. But uh, well,
3: I I will say this, uh, and and this is no disrespect to whoever spoke with you uh, about that. Um, Yeah. But Mm -hmm. just, just as a heads up, Um, Mm -hmm. And I say this to not only you, but any of my listeners, if you're having experiences on a piece of property and you want somebody to come in, do your due diligence as far as vetting the people that you're going to ask to come out. Okay. Because there are some that I have run into that portray themselves as one thing and then, when you find out later um i certainly would not invite those people into my home right and if i no, wouldn't I, if i wouldn't invite them into my home i would not invite them onto my property so yeah. that, that's that, all i will say that, about that is just that's where i was going
1: with that you know, too i i, I chuckled out of it i told the guy i said thanks but you know it's private property you know we're not uh, it's been in the family for 60 years you know it's not something that it wasn't something I've actually even. it's just it, it, I had two different guys approach me, yeah. you know, on the way out when we were leaving. So and again,
3: yeah, that's this is no in, no no disrespect to those people, and I, I don't know who they were. I don't know anything about them. Um, right. But there have been a couple of that I have met that uh, come to find out later on down the road, not somebody I'd want want to uh, be associated with. So yeah. just no, absolutely. You know, yeah. I think it's I think it's a. Yeah. I was going to say, I think it's a good idea to have somebody come out and investigate for you. But that being said, I've talked to several people and I've heard of many instances that when you have other people come out to a property, it seems that it seems that if you if you are common to a piece of property, there seems to be some kind of a um, a reciprocated. uh, Okay, you're here. We're here. It's cool, just don't mess with anything. Just, just don't right. mess anything up. Right. But when right. you when you start bringing other people that they are not used to, and they have not created a, a an understanding of those people being on that property, it tends to stir things up in a um, in not so good of a way. Right. So, yeah. you know.
1: I, if if I was to do anything, it, it would be you know professionally, uh, and I reach out to to one of these guys that are really well known. You know, what I mean, if yeah. and and I would have I would have to get some more, uh, you know, activity or something strange to happen, more footprints where I'm like, hey, we got something here. You know, what I mean, uh, get hold of uh, somehow get hold of the BRFO, get someone to come out yeah. that is uh, well known. You know, but uh, we haven't had anything other than those those three three things that.
3: Well, and there you know, and there are some good investigators in Michigan. There, yeah. there absolutely are. So, you know, once we yep. get done recording, um, I've got some names I can throw by you if you're interested. But okay, uh, yeah, yeah, it, it's 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 a it's a screwy community. I mean, you know, there's a lot of divisiveness. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of shots that are taken at each other. Um, oh yeah. You know, then well, then you get to the I'm, go ahead. Unfortunately, it's a, unfortunately it, it, you know, it comes into a
1: money thing probably down the road. You know, what I mean, it's, uh it, there's a, I would imagine the first person that gets any kind of viable information or or viable, you know, specimen, it, it's 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 a big money grab, you know. It it is. Is the way I would see it. It is, you know, I'm, I'm sure it would be.
3: Um, yeah. You know, the thing the thing that come just really becomes uh, an issue of contention for me is with the number of shows that have have put high dollars into documenting this stuff, the number of yes. documentaries that have invested the, the huge amount of time and effort and money that it takes to put together a documentary, um, you know, <laughs> we're just not getting that holy grail. We're not getting, you know, still no. till this day, the Patterson-Gimlin film is the... Is is the holy grail of what we have now? I've seen some videos that strike me as being very organic, and I'm like, you know, my gut tells me that's real. Then, of course, you see the the other videos that are, you know, that's obviously a fake. Um, right. But there's some there's some people out there producing some really good fakes.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> you know,
3: I mean, there there really are. Uh, yeah. so, you know, I, I rely on my gut a lot and, you know, it's, it's served me well throughout the years, but that doesn't say I can't be fooled. Um, I right. certainly, I certainly can, but yep. you know, I just, you know, there's a, there's a new documentary that just came out not too long ago and it was a really good documentary. It really was. Um, they didn't try to overachieve. They, they talked about things that, that they knew and and it was just, it was a good documentary. And uh, at the end of it, uh, they had Jeff Meldrum in there uh, for a bit. And at the end of it, there was a story about a gentleman, an older guy who uh, had gotten cancer and had gone out, uh, I want to say it was somewhere in Alaska with his family and they were you know enjoying this this week long vacation or whatever it was and yep. uh, the older gentleman says that he he witnessed one on the um on the shores of of the river where they were fishing and he got super excited and you know he just he felt like filled with joy that he was you know that God gave him the opportunity to actually see this thing and it was a wonderful thing yep. and then his, then they bring his daughter on and she she was talking a really good talking a really good story. Um, And at the end, she had taken a a flight in a small plane, and as they were going over this field, she got a photograph of one of these creatures walking through the field. Mm -hmm. And when I saw it, I was like, that looks like a guy in a costume. Right. (laughs) You know? Um, it was, it was very reddish, uh, very much like an orangutan. Um, and the, the face was non-distinct. You couldn't really make much out of it. And, uh, you know, both my son and I, we watched the, the documentary and we were like, that was really good. But that, that last bit at the end was just kind of ruined it. Why'd they they put that in there? And, uh, He lives up in Grand Rapids, and I don't know, maybe a couple of days later, he sends me a a message, and he's like, man, that that last segment really bugged me. And uh, he got a still photograph of it, and we're looking at it, and, and, you know, the the outline of the face looked familiar. And he starts going to these uh, Halloween websites. Oh, boy. And he finds, and he sends me this picture, and... I took it real quick within I don't know three or four minutes. I took it on Photoshop on my phone. I cropped out yeah. the, the the face of it. I turned it transparent so that you could see through it. And then I started moving it around and laying it over that image. And when I got it to the right spot, it was an exact match.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. It was
3: it was, you know, so and then I saw I even saw and I think I think this was intentionally a, uh, a disclaimer by, by Jeff Meldrum uh, yeah. he, he had made a post about that picture and he said it seemed to be familiar to him like he might have seen it before um, right. he, he wasn't like calling anybody out but he was kind of like indicating that there might be something a little off about it and uh, sure enough he ended up posting yeah. a few days later posting another picture where there was actually this person who was in the suit holding a sign saying something like you know i'm a sasquatch or something like that and it's like <laughs> you know they did a yeah. really good job on that documentary and then they ended it with a nice story about a guy who had cancer and got to see a bigfoot but then his daughter throws that monkey wrench into yeah. the gears and it was like man that's you a, that's a bad, way yeah. the, bad way to end a bad way to end a good documentary yeah yeah, you,
1: like I said, you'll get those. And I imagine, you know, poor Jeff Meldrum. I mean, anything that comes in across America, he's he's one of the first people to get, you know, get the information on it yeah. or see it or test it or, you know. Sure. So I'm sure he's seen his fair share. But.
3: Well, interesting stuff, Shane.
1: Interesting yeah, stuff.
3: Appreciate I, uh, yeah. I appreciate you being with me tonight. And, yeah. you know, it sounds mm-hmm. like you might have some areas of interest. Um, so if you do decide to start taking a little bit deeper look into things, I would certainly okay. appreciate if you keep my number and uh, if yeah. you find something, okay. let me know what's going on up there.
1: I, I will, and I, and I appreciate your time too. Thank you.
3: All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for tonight. We'll see you next week. I want to hear your story. I want to hear your experience. So email me at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com. If you enjoy the show, then leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. Share the show with your friends. Share the show on social media. Make sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter all at Uncomfortable Podcast and until next week my friends stay uncomfortable